0: Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. You know, before I begin, I just want to point out that the May issue of Cannabis Business Times is now live. You can check it out over at CannabisBusinessTimes.com. On the cover this month, The Great Expectations of the New Jersey and New York Adult Use Cannabis Markets. We tell the story of how these marketplaces are getting off the ground through the lens of Cureleaf, which was one of the first businesses to kickstart rec sales in New Jersey. Check out the full story after listening to this week's episode over at cannabisbusinesstimes.com. My guest this week is Sam Milton, principal owner of Climate Resources Group, an energy and sustainability solutions provider through the Indoor Horticulture Advisory Service. Enlighten your grow. Sam's firm works with the cannabis industry to help cultivators gain access to myriad financial incentives to adopt energy-efficient grow equipment and other low-impact best practices. Sam has also worked with cannabis businesses to help them meet compliance with state and local regulations and licensing criteria for energy efficiency and sustainability practices. Sam holds degrees in environmental policy and economics and lives in southern Maine. At Cannabis Conference 2022, he'll be speaking on the panel sustaining our future, evaluating water efficiency, carbon neutrality, reduced electricity usage, and more. We talked about those concepts and goals with an eye toward those incentives or disincentives around such sustainable cultivation strategies. So please enjoy my conversation with Sam Milton. All right, Sam. Well, good morning. Very glad to have you on the show this week and uh, looking forward to talking about your session at Cannabis Conference coming up very soon in August. And we're gonna sort of tee up that conversation by talking about sustainability, energy use, some incentives that might uh, frame that conversation in different regions across the cannabis market. Um, So before we get into some of those more specific and nuanced topics, could you uh, share an overview or a bit of uh, just biographical sketch of Enlighten your grow and how it came about and what its
1: mission might be? Hi, hey Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Um, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm really excited for the conference this August. Um, can't believe it's just a really a few weeks away to think about it in, this, in that sense. Um, but yeah, my work at Enlighten Your Grow is really all about helping growers grow more for less. Um, the kind of impetus of it uh, came out of my, my work uh, with Climate Resources Group which is my umbrella company as I founded that um, organization about five or six years ago. And the mission of Climate Resources Group is really to help businesses, organizations, companies um, develop their businesses, operate their businesses in a more sustainable way with a lower energy and environmental footprint. Um, And Enlighten Your Grow is really the manifestation of that with a clear focus on the cannabis industry and indoor agriculture industries. Um, There's such a unique need in the cannabis space, generally speaking, and certainly right now, Um, That I felt would be useful and important to really put all of my energy, um, you know, into serving that industry. Um, So it's been it's been a trip. It's been a really exciting time so far. I think we've seen the industry grow together, and um, excited for the things that that we'll um, that we'll do together.
0: Absolutely, and you know, just sort of looking out at the the rest of the U.S. here, indoor agriculture, controlled environment agriculture. It's kind of having uh, well, I was gonna say it's kind of having a moment, but it's, it's sort of an ongoing evolution rather than a moment per se. It's, it's becoming more ubiquitous, not just in cannabis, but um, in other industries as well. And, and for a lot of reasons. And in fact, a lot of states in the cannabis industry, the regulatory agencies mandate indoor cultivation, um, especially uh, in the Midwest and out east here. Mm-hmm. So with that, of course, comes quite a lot of energy use. So I guess I'm um, just curious from your perspective, you know, with the growth of indoor ag across the U.S., how has the conversation around energy use evolved alongside that? Um, and, and how do we how do we think about indoor
1: ag in an energy kind of conversation? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's, it's become more nuanced for sure. Um, if you're gonna, you gonna know, go back to some of the earliest studies around the energy and carbon footprint of cannabis, um, they were pretty, pretty scary, pretty dire, um, and based on frankly not a ton of empirical data, <laughs> um, just you know ac- academic back of the envelope sort of um, study. And I think we're seeing a lot more real data, you know, coming into to telling story around the energy footprint of the industry. Um, still yet to be seen exactly how this will all turn out, but I think there's a greater appreciation now that the potential for the industry to be really highly, highly energy intensive. Um, is still out there and a lot of you know companies are innovating to try to find ways to help growers um, reduce their energy footprint and and be more be more sustainable be more efficient um, you're right that a lot of the the states effectively mandate indoor cultivation but you think about it you know cannabis is a is is a natural plant um it it evolved in nature outdoors um and the plant theoretically you know, Prefers to be outdoors, um, but because of public policy over the years, um, really, I'm driven. I think by the um, the war on drugs and this idea that marijuana will kill you, and we have to keep it out of you know sight of our children and that kind of thing. Uh, that it was driven underground, um, and and that's kind of what we're seeing now. is kind of the manifestation of that public policy decision 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, and so, for better or for worse, you know, growers have. Learned to uh, to evolve the plant and to train it to produce characteristics and qualities um, that work best for them in the marketplace, um, and that's where we are now. We just have this this fairly mature, immaturing market around um, the practice of growing this plant indoors. So that's kind of where we are. We can't really, you know, unpack that. That is history. Um, yeah. We're seeing more cultivation outdoors for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the Feds deschedule cannabis, um, if, in fact, there'll be large outdoor farms that will be providing the commodity market um, in serving some of the northeastern states and, and Midwest. Um, but until then, we have a state by state approach um, and indoor growing is the way it's going to be uh, for a while still. So, um, yeah, long story short, energy is going to be a big piece of that uh, simply because growing plants indoors requires a lot of power. Um, So my work is really all about trying to help growers understand their, that they have options in terms of growing plants indoors um, and like connecting them with technologies and approaches uh, that can help them reduce their energy intensity um, and thereby increase their energy productivity. Um, So getting more, more growth for lower inputs.
0: Yeah. And I'd imagine that at the point when a business uh, or, or a team is, building out a new facility or even retrofitting and they're getting up and running at the, at the initial stage of their operation, those options are all on the table. Um, you know, they're able to build that into their, their facility, whatever that might look like. So at that stage with, with a new build uh, or, or retrofit, I suppose, what are some of the more overlooked options or approaches that, that maybe growers and, and their teams might be missing uh, to just get off on the right foot uh, sustainably?
1: Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot. I mean, I think the thing is that the, the initial planning phase, the very, very early uh, phase, you know, you know, most growers are really forward thinking. They're really um, curious about technologies that can you know, make them, you know, do as well as they possibly can. Um, and, you know, you know, they're looking at the most efficient technology. They're looking at the, the, for the most part, you know, really sophisticated controls, automation, um, and they want to do that. But when a push comes to shove, you um, you know the budgets get tighter. You know the margins, you know get get pinched. They may be thinking about lower commodity prices. Um, and if they're not, they certainly should be planning for that. Um, and the priority therefore becomes just let's get it done. Let's get you know the plants in the ground. Let's get building put up, and we'll deal with all the other you know kind of bells and whistles later. Because I think there's this perception that looking at energy efficiency and planning for for sustainability. Um, it's kind of a it's a nice to have it's not a have to have Um, and I think that's been kind of the 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 biggest problem right now in the industry Um, really from for many businesses really Um, but I think there's this this rush to market uh, that we're seeing in the cannabis space uh, right now and again that's driven by by economics it's driven by regulations it's driven by just the reality on the ground Um, but I think even despite that I think with behoove a lot of, um, of investors and owner operators uh, to really kind of fight the urge to just get something happening yesterday, um, take a step back, try to put a little bit more money into, into designing and building facility um, that is flexible, you know that is focused on sustainability. Um, to the extent that it just reduces their overall energy footprint um, would go a long way uh to helping the venue be more profitable down the road yeah i
0: think um you know that phrase nice to have is an important one and uh, as well as the 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 costs of of newer or innovative technology that that over time those costs may come down but but at a certain point there they are very high but that nice to have phrase is interesting because i know that Mm -hmm. another word that comes up in this conversation is incentive and Mm -hmm. uh it, it has a specific meaning in this context and i know that um uh, with Enlighten Your Grow, you've worked a lot in this arena in terms of the energy incentivization uh, process. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe, I guess, on one hand, define incentive just in this context and, and explain how growers might think about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I think about incentive incentives in the plural, because there are really multiple drivers um, that, you know, try to nudge uh, cultivators in the industry um, towards adopting energy efficiency. Um, I think about first the regulatory incentives. Um, so Massachusetts where I've been um, based for the past number of years, and I live in Southern Maine, um, but following Massachusetts, Massachusetts industry, we are pretty closely um, and grew my company up alongside the state's regulated industry. Um, you really kind of see how the state tried to incentivize uh, growers to adopt more energy efficient approaches. Um, they certainly in their applications, uh, uh, cultivation applicants um, are required to, to at least describe, you know, how they've thought about energy efficiency and renewable energy and you know, what their best, what their, their practices are around that. So that was to some extent an effort by the state to incentivize folks to at least, you know, to, to, to use the, those words in their application, whether or not they actually think about it sincerely is another story. Um, I hope they certainly do. Um, but that's, that's one thing. And I think even Massachusetts, they did, dangle a um basically like a, a prize for those businesses that they thought were going above and beyond you had this environmental leader sort of label that you could put on your um on your products i really don't know if anybody actually took took the state up on that um but it was that it was an effort nevertheless um so that would be kind of a an incentive in the carrot category Um, You could also point to disincentives for doing things that that, that the state doesn't want you to do. Um, And that gets to some of the energy regulations that that, that Massachusetts put together and also Illinois and and California to some extent. So those states are trying to get folks to move away from high pressure sodium, you know, using less powerful fixtures. And so, um, you know, putting rules in place that effectively mandate the use of more efficient technology. Um, So that kind of falls in the disincentive category. Um, but most states, actually, most operators, you know, in, in any state in the country, for the most part, um, can benefit from utility incentives. Um, so it's it's kind of a you know, a lot a lot of you know utilities do offer um, millions of dollars to growers and to businesses, you know, across their um, their territory, to install more efficient technologies, like um, versus something a little bit more standard. Um, so this is something that we've done a lot of. We've really gotten re- really, really good at this. Um, we find that people enjoy having access to free money. I mean, that's basically what it is. The utility is saying, here, we will pay you to make this upgrade that you may or may not be doing you know, anyway. Um, but the utilities they speak their own language and they have very s- specific and strict requirements around, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Um, so we've been helping growers across the country, you know, tap these. These um, incentives, um, some are easier to get than others, um, but it's something that, that we do to basically, you know, take the take the pressure off mm-hmm. of, of uh, cultivators um, so they can, be, can continue their work and doing what they do best. And, you know, we can help them get money from the utilities.
0: Yeah, I, just to maybe follow up on that last phrase there, some of these being easier to get than others. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe uh, describe an example or, um, or what an easy incentive might look like or a difficult mm-hmm. incentive might look like?
1: Yeah, sure. So, yes, it's funny. So, utilities um, you know, for these efficiency programs, they have to um, you know, they they they're evaluated by basically the, the their states department of public utilities. Um, they have to justify every single dollar that they pay out to a um uh, to a business. Um, so they're you know, they they they're they're looking for ways to, you know, give as much money out as possible because they have budgets they have to get out. In some states actually You know, the amount of money that they can earn as a business is a function of how much money they can give away (laughs) and energy efficiency incentives. So they're very motivated to get the money out, but they can't just give money to anybody for anything. Um, So they try to strike a balance. um, And so they've created basically, you know, two different pathways. Usually Um, the ones that come to mind right now are in Michigan, for example, doing doing a lot of work in Michigan. Um, And the utilities there have a prescriptive uh, program and a custom program. The prescriptive is kind of like the easy one, right? You basically have a catalog of, of measures, measures, you know, it could be LED fixtures, HVAC upgrades, um uh, systems that are, that are more efficient. And you basically check a box, fill in the form, you know, and you get your, you get your check, you know, um, a few months later. So that's kind of the, the easy one, right? Um, and it works out pretty well. You're not going to get the biggest you know incentive back, but you know it makes it easy for folks, and the utilities like it because you know they can basically guarantee that they'll get you know a certain level of, of, of applications. Um, but they also have the custom program, um, which is not so easy approach uh, to getting to getting dollars. Um, but the custom program can be much more lucrative for, for most growers, especially on the new construction side. Um, so, in a custom program, what you what you need to do as the applicant is basically show the utility um, what the savings are as a function of your project, your proposed project. Um, so, you need to say, "All right, we're doing you know, 500 LED fixtures. We're putting in you know, so many tons of uh, cooling using this very um, you know high-tech equipment. Um, we're putting in chillers, all that kind of stuff." And so, your job as the applicant is to say. How much more efficient is that versus the baseline system? Um, and that requires calculations, that requires math, that requires you know patience to to go through that process. Um, and it's 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 certainly it's it's not impossible to do. Um, but what we're finding is that utilities respond well to you know a, a, a much more rigorous approach to that work. Um, and the easier you can make it on the utility, basically the more the happier they'll be, the more money they'll give you. Um, so we've been doing some launching really uh, modeling around what those savings can look like um, in, a, in a 3D model, uh, which is really unusual for uh, the cannabis industry. Um, we don't see many of these, but we put together a 3D model about um, what the savings could look like for a facility and deliver that to a utility. Um, and their, their minds are blown. And they love it because they actually have something that they can take to their evaluators and say, "Yep, yeah, we can actually prove, you know, every single watt that this facility, you know, um, this, this project, uh, will deliver, um, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, they have to hedge their bets most of the time. Um, if that, if that, that data is not shown. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're easy, easy and hard ones, but The hard ones certainly pay out a lot more for growers. And so we're, we we, yeah. we, we work with, with folks whenever they want to do. They're looking for just, you know, a quick, a quick return. Then the prescriptive is the way to go and recommend people do that but for custom for new construction stuff. Um, yeah. We love doing those because you know, people can really get a, a lot of money back for their, for their projects. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm curious as you go out uh, into the cannabis market and, and talk to all these growers, these different teams, um, are you picking up on a, on a sense of urgency from them? I mean, it's, you know, I feel like this conversation is embedded in a much broader conversation about um, you know, I mean, climate change and just, uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, all of that, and all of that 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 entails. Um, And I know you mentioned that some of these are perceived as nice to haves, but I'm curious if there's almost like a a peer pressure component to, uh, to racing against the clock and and getting some of these, uh, these installs up and running or these new facilities up and running. Do you get that sense as we get into 2022 here?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I hope there's, 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 um, Peer pressure, you know, um, in the industry, and I think there is um, to do the right thing—not just do the right thing, but to really, you know, um, to build and design and operate facilities uh, that are as efficient and sustainable as possible. Because um, I think it's it's it is incumbent, you know, on the community to support each other, you know, as as they come, you know, as they evolve, um, and these industries and you know, these buildings get you know get get, get stood up. Um, but I think that there's also the you know, a, a counter, a counter opposing force, uh, which is that you know prices are coming down. Their you know growers will be able to to get get less money for their product, um, and so I think there's an urgency around like, oh my god, this is our moment to make money now. If we can't make money now, when prices are a few thousand dollars a pound, um, you know, we're, there's no way we can survive when when prices you know get halved. Um, so it's, it's kind of, there's this tension between, all right, we need to make as much money now as possible versus we need to create, you know, a facility, an operation that can endure for the long run. Um, I think a lot of people who are at the, the conference um, this August um, are going to be looking down the road, are going to have a long-term vision. Um, I certainly think that it, it, it's required um, to have that long-term vision. In order to be able to have the patience to step back and say, yep, you know, listen, we need to, to build something. We need to create um, a facility. We need to operate our building in a way that, um, you know, is going to be sustainable for the long run. Um, is going to be, you know, flexible enough to meet the needs of our, um, of our market, you know, of our late, of our workforce um, in the next, you know, five, ten years. Um, and really be able to, to endure, you know, during cost compression and, and other regulatory challenges.
0: Yeah. And, you know, of course, like so much of of what we've been talking about has been dealing with sort of those relatively longer time scales, relatively Mm -hmm. higher costs. I'm curious if there's something that an established operator and their team might be able to do on a very small scale like Mm -hmm. this week or uh, or this Mm -hmm. month, a small little thing that might change the conversation within their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could lead to these these bigger changes, but any anything on a much smaller scale that might come to mind here?
1: Uh it's a good question. Uh, so I, I would say that one is just kind of you know, having a deep appreciation for the fact that for better or for worse, you know, the commodity prices are going to come down. It's going to be harder to get get to receive the same amount of profit uh, than uh, they may have been in the past, um, and that kind of you know, take that as a as a challenge to you know really. You know, put the resources that are required. Um, you know, to, to be you know, developing and operating a more efficient building. Um, so, I mean, having that awareness is going kind of I think the, the high level, is really the most important thing. Um, secondly, I would say, you know, make sure that you're collecting the data. You know, that you know that is required to really understand just how how well your building is performing. You know, kind of what are your what are your metrics? Um, how much are you producing? per unit of energy or water input. Um, I think that's a really essential part because if you don't measure what's happening in the facility, you're gonna miss a lot of signs um, and you're gonna you know miss opportunities to kind of make those improvements um, that, um, yeah, that can reduce your energy energy intensity um, and thereby kind of lose you, you know, lose profits. Um, so I think those, those are the two things. And I think the, the data piece is really important. I it's, it's overlooked, um, you know, of course there are, you know. Environmental sensors in rooms that measure the CO two and the temperature and the humidity. That's all very, very important, um, but that needs to be kind of overlaid with um, energy consumption and also productivity. Um, so if you kind of you know, put, put those things together, then you can really see, our, you know, what are some of those red flags that um, uh, that we're missing, um, and how can we kind of make some some adjustments maybe to our, our HVAC or our nutrition, um, yeah, you know, in order to you know to to, to, to do better vis a vis of our our productivity. Um, so those are the things I would say, and there certainly is always a desire and a need to be thinking down the road and expanding and, and replacing equipment. Um, you yeah, know, so, yeah, this, I think future-proofing is really important. Again, that kind of gets to like, having a long-term vision um, and, and, you know, understanding the need to be flexible, you know, as, as, as things get more challenging in the years to come. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Um, well at the risk of maybe, uh, you know, asking a question that's kind of similar to that last one. One thing I, I have liked asking all the guests on, on the show mm-hmm. is, is what you're hoping attendees take away from your session in August. So mm-hmm. may have uh, covered some of that ground in that last answer, but <laughs> right. in terms of, uh, of leaving the show in August, heading back to their place, uh, you know, and the fall begins in 2022, what are some uh-huh. things that you're hoping folks get out of the session in, in, in
1: August? Yeah, no, Eric. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's clearly you know, important. And I think that the, the, the takeaway from this that I want people to, to have is that you know, they uh, you know, have the power to, um, to design and build and operate and have a, a vision for um, a company you know, that can truly be sustainable, that is not going to, to break the bank. You don't have to reinvent your, uh, your company to, to really to embrace sustainability and energy efficiency, energy performance. Um, it's just a matter of, kind of asking, asking the right questions and, you know, taking some of the time and due diligence, uh, to bring people on, who can really, you know, to help you go down that road. Um, it's not, it's not inherent that if you operate a cannabis, the cannabis cultivation facility, uh, that it's going to be energy intensive. It's going to be wasteful. Um, there are plenty that have been, um, but there are more and more that are, um, uh, that are really best in class and to get there you know, it's not impossible. So people can do it. And, um, I think at the conference, there's going to be a a lot of really great, um, uh, participants and attendees and exhibitors, um, you know, who can, you know, help share, you know, share the the tools and resources to get you there. And I'm excited for that.
0: Likewise. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. We'll, We'll certainly continue this conversation out there. And in the meantime, Sam really appreciate the time and, uh, very glad to have this conversation on the show this week. Great. Thanks,
1: Eric. Appreciate it. Great, great um, to uh, to be talking to you today. Uh, and I'll see you in Vegas in August.
0: And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sam Milton of Climate Resources Group and Enlighten Your Grow. You know, it's always fantastic to sort of dig into what can be a fairly complicated topic, but doesn't need to be. This, this whole issue of creating a more sustainable cannabis business. Of course, we're we're talking mostly about indoor grows, but there's a lot of ways of approaching that topic, and we're gonna get into those out at Cannabis Conference 2022. This was just one aspect of that panel that Sam's gonna be speaking on. Again, the title of that one is Sustaining Our Future, Evaluating Water Efficiency, Carbon Neutrality, Reduced Electricity Usage, and More. And as you can see, we just sort of scratched the surface in this episode so make sure you head over to cannabisconference.com sign up for the newsletter because we are continuing to add speakers pretty much every day the full three-day schedule is there including this session and more information about the folks who will be speaking at the show so check it out sign up for that newsletter like i said and go over to Canvas business times as well like i said at the top of this episode the new may issue is out Check out what's going on in New Jersey and New York and much more in the pages of Cannabis Business Times. If you don't have your free print subscription, you can remedy that right away as well over at CannabisBusinessTimes.com. So check that out and meet me back here next Friday where we will continue going beyond the show.